0: All right, so a little lead-off topic to start it now that we're back. Um, since it's not going to be something we'll have a lot of time to touch on when we actually get to the, the games themselves. Justin, I'll let you go first here, and then we'll start the show. Your opinion, should NFL overtime be both teams get the ball regardless?
1: 1,000-billion-per-fillion make up a fake number true. Whatever Pat McAfee came up with was brilliant because he related it to beer pong.
0: Yeah, that's why I listened I to need... Pat McAfee on it, and that, that's what that oh, made dude. me realize that he he has a true point though. You should get a rebuttal.
1: Yeah,
2: no. It, but if it, you bounce the touchdown in, is it worth double then? If we're if we're going beer pong,
0: <laughs> yeah. But you can swipe. You're allowed to swipe. Yeah, drop 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 okay. kick. Drop kick counts as a bounce in. It's an automatic oh, win. If you can drop somebody kick, somebody called win. Doug Flutie. That's what I was gonna say. Call Doug Flutie. Uh, Russ, what about you? Should should both teams get the ball regardless?
3: Yes,
2: and no more ties.
0: Ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's no more contingent.
2: ties. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think overtime exciting. Please, just that—that's what it's there for.
0: I completely agree. Like, I, honestly, I, I understand the premise of first team to score wins, but with the way the NFL is now, like everybody's so hypercritical on calls that just give them both a fair shot. Let you're gonna you're gonna say Minnesota mm-hmm. scored? Great. Now let the Saints get a chance. If they turn the ball over, it's unequivocally over. There's no more game. But if, if Minnesota or I mean if New Orleans scores, now you have something you gotta you gotta work off of. Now it can genuinely be next team to score wins.
1: But you know what they'll do too? They'll they will monetize the crap out of it. They'll find a sponsor, they'll gotcha. sponsors overtime games, they'll do the live betting. Like they if the NFL was smart about it, they will make money off this topic alone and all they have to do is just make people happy It's the winland mm-hmm. no i well, agree and the
2: mi- the miser in me here what's the most interesting way to watch the nfl red zone but i don't want to pay for it <laughs> give it to me in overtime <laughs> the stats as someone tried to play the Uno reverse card on the water.
1: The salt. Shame on you for taking out your Oklahoma aggression on one missed extra point.
0: The sanity. Ed Ogeron is exactly what I would picture if Louisiana said, we're going to grow a human being. And every so often, they talk about sports, too. Here is Eric Dorsch, Russ Ivanek, and Justin Marcus. This is Armchair Sports Talk. For only the good die young. All right, it's been long enough. We are back after a little hiatus. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. I know I did. I'm sure Justin did. Justin, I'm sure your, your house didn't burn down. You got a new tree. You're good. Everything's fine in the Marcus residence.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little tree upgrade over the holidays, but after hosting four different events, we're, we're rocking and rolling in the new year.
0: And you kept the, uh, the candles that the girls were lighting away from the tree. You told them that's not a place that you put those two things next to each other, right? Yeah, the tree
1: the tree and several menorahs are still up in my
0: house somewhere. Uh, well, I I got the little tree sitting in sitting in my house. I I'm I'm waiting. The wife's out of town, it's going it's gonna be taken down one of these days when I decide to get the energy one to do it. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> oh hey, there's Russ. Russ, uh, good holidays to you, my friend. Everything was well? Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: I'm just glad to hear it was only chestnuts ro- roasting in Justin's uh
3: house <laughs> over <laughs> the holidays.
0: Well, scary. question is, were they chestnuts or his chestnuts roasting? But uh, it that, was almost his chestnuts. Yeah, that was almost his chestnuts roasting, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, of well, course, yeah. we're, we're we're happy to be back. Saying before we started that it feels like it's been a month. It's probably been darn near close to it. So, lot to talk about. Lot, lot, lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the painful part over with now because no one go back and listen to anything I said before the first or first of the year because I made a prediction that was very wrong didn't work out for me. My wife got very very upset because of it and as a result LSU is now playing for a national championship. So uh LSU Tigers 63, Oklahoma Sooners 28 and oh boy, this one <laughs> was just tough to watch from the beginning. I mean, Joe Burrow's the I have to think now officially the unanimous number 1 pick in the draft through seven touchdowns in the first half alone. Like, this is absolutely insane. And therefore, I have to ask the question, Ross, could anyone stop them on that night?
2: Not not that night. (laughs) I (laughs) love that they just came out and burrowed them six feet
0: deep.
2: Or or is it seven feet deep? You know, one for every touchdown. One for every touchdown. I, I don't know what you're talking about, though. I thought it was a blast to watch. Nine minutes left in the second quarter... Tell us you had already scored more points than any any other playoff team would that whole weekend, oh, and they ended up scoring almost more than all of them else did combined it, that's fantastic um oh right oklahoma sorry
0: when, sorry Aaron. when when your wife bleeds boomer <laughs> sooner, it's not that much fun at all. My wife literally <laughs> stood up in the middle of this game and said, "Yeah, I can't watch this shit anymore and then just walked <laughs> out of the room and sure Was enough she she Twelve she did, minutes in. I think so. It was pretty cool. No, but sure enough she did come. She did come back. We watched it all the way through. I think we actually we went out to dinner and uh shout out to Sushi House for giving us an extra roll to comfort my wife's pain. But uh we watched the end of the game and yeah, I mean she once once it got to the half, you kind of knew it was going to be very hard because even if even if Oklahoma wanted to get back in this, it means they'd have to stop LSU's offense. Forget having to score; you have to stop that offense first. It makes no difference if they keep scoring on top of your scoring. So yeah, no, it was not a it was not a fun time. But as an outsider looking in, I mean, this was one heck of a thing. I I, I honestly would go as far to say I don't know that I've ever seen an offensive performance like that in a football game. Forget just a playoff game, in a football game. I don't know that we've ever seen this. I mean, seven touchdowns in one half. Jay, if there were any questions about this guy being the the, the, the man, the guy that's going to be the number one, I think he pretty much sealed it, regardless of what he does in the championship.
1: Yeah, no, you've got that dead to right. It doesn't matter what happens in the natty. Uh, he He's locked himself in. It, it looked like two different leagues playing each other, and uh, they just they took the wheels off that ugly Sooners wagon and just didn't look back and sold it for scraps. So Bur- Burrows is he's he's everything that he's been talked about.
0: Jay, not to be uh, Captain Obvious or anything, it was two different leagues playing. It was the SEC playing the Big oh, Twelve. Oh, this guy. But that no, don't be. I, no, no, I, I know, I know, I know exactly. I knew exactly what you meant. I knew exactly what you meant. This this did this looked oh like if God. this looked like if the JV decided they wanted to try to scrimmage the varsity. It was yeah. it was it was it was definitely different. And it was just kind of astonishing to me because all year we've been talking about how high-flying and actually how competitive this Oklahoma offense could be. Forget we knew they had no defense, but we knew that this offense could almost score at will until this point. They ran into a team that decided, "Oh, we can play defense too." So, we're going to score, but we're also going to stop you from scoring. And it was it was tough. Um obviously we'll get to LSU here in a minute, but I guess, Russ, the, the question I want to ask, and I think it's it's weird just because of how much turnover there has been over the last couple of years, but Lincoln Riley is looking at his third quarterback in three years now. I'm sorry, no, his fourth quarterback in in, in that amount of time. He's had Baker, he's had Kyler, he's had Jalen, now he's looking at, I would assume, Spencer Rattler, who was a big-time guy coming out of Arizona. But, I mean, Lincoln Riley keeps getting them there, but he can't seem to get them to the next there. So, it's a weird question especially with how effective this team has been and how they've they've been in the top 5 every every week it seems like how much longer is getting there going to be enough for Oklahoma before they ha- you have to say, okay, now it's time to actually get to that next level.
2: What a spoiled question <laughs> as a Michigan fan that watched the Alabama oh, yeah. squad beat the wheels off of them oh yeah um
3: yeah
2: it really i i guess you'll probably get a couple more years before the spoiled oklahoma fans start going yeah but getting to the semis when are you going to win a championship and really i think the secret to unlocking that is uh two years with a quarterback. That might be a good idea. Okay. He's done wonders in the transfer portal. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal what he's able to do with one year turnaround with these quarterbacks, but if imagine he he could take that same magic and groom a quarterback for 2 3 years. That could be something really special and that could take him to the next step even though they're they're not too far off already.
0: No, but I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say there is if you look at it, Dabo no one's questioning the guy. The guy, he, the guy could go could go on a little bit of a drought without winning a title, and I think they would still, you know, be, they'd be comfortable there. Nick Saban's Nick mm-hmm. Saban. You know, I'm just you talk about you looking at these other coaches like Ed Ogeron. Oh, Ed Ogeron is exactly what I would picture if Louisiana said we're going to grow a human being, and this is what it's going <laughs> to yeah. look like. Ed, yeah, we're
2: going to feed him nothing but beignets and bourbon.
0: Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed Ogeron is Louisiana. If Louisiana had a mascot. That's the man. And don't get me wrong, I love the guy. He's awesome. I read the other day that he used to go, because he was a D-line coach at Miami at the time, he used to go up against The Rock and Warren Sapp in practice without pads on. So this dude's just a crazy person from the beginning. Love him to death. Can't wait. But I'm just saying, Lincoln Riley wants to establish himself as that next big name in coaching, and I think he's done a, a, a lot to get there. The question is, though, if you're sitting there making it to the playoff every year, eventually there you know these these fans are going to want to say, "Okay, when are we going to get to that next one? What's the thing you're not doing that everybody else here is doing? We get the recruits. Why is it that a Clemson team is somehow getting past us every year or why are we losing to Georgia?" It's I mean, it's it's a weird question because like you said, we're Michigan fans who just watched Alabama's backups get a good practice in against us. So, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough. Um, yeah, it's uh, like I said. This was a this was a rough one to watch, but you know, I, it was a little more expected. I think no one really was too surprised. The other side, I, I would Anyone, argue. What's that, Jay?
1: One one quick thing though, going back to Oklahoma. Yeah. If, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I should just be lucky. And I know it comes from us because we're so jaded with the way we look at sports. Yeah. But they only have five losses in four years. Like. Right. If I understand, they can't get to the promised land, but like, just just be thankful that you're in the conversation every damn year because they haven't had an off year in in, in four years. So, it's true. I, I'd be content if I was an Oklahoma fan, but then again, I'm not one, and I don't want to be one. So we're yeah. good there.
0: Well, but <clears throat> look at the look, like I said, look at the talent they've had. Their past two quarterbacks have been first overall picks. Jalen is probably going to go in the draft, whether he, he's not going to go number one overall, but he, he, I think Jalen Hurts will definitely see an NFL squad as a quarterback. Spencer Rattler is supposed to be an amazing guy. Like, obviously, you're playing in mop-up time against LSU, who's pounding you. It's a little hard to get anything going, but, I mean, they, they've they have definitely had the guys at the helm you want to have at the helm to win these games. It's just a matter of little things took them out of it. So, yeah, I know I'm, I'm not saying that Oklahoma's calling for Lincoln Riley's head after three, four straight years of making the playoff, but, you know, it, it is what it is. On the other side, though, this was the game that I think, well, I guess let me ask this, and I, I, I Russ, I think you were the one that mentioned it when the, the rankings came out. Would you, because they ended up losing, would you say that Ohio State kind of did get screwed here having to be the number two playing against Clemson as opposed to being the number one playing against Oklahoma?
2: Yeah, as it turned out, because we, we kind of thought there's exactly three teams that were legitimate contenders. Um, it's not good enough to just have a superstar quarterback. It's not good enough to just have a solid team. You have to have both in spades. Yep. And there was only three teams. Um, so, yeah, Ohio State got a, I got a little bit screwed there. That being said, the game was on the line with less than 45 seconds left. And you threw an interception in the end zone, so you screwed yourself, too.
0: Uh, he was there to take it. Now, here, 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 um, no. here you, you you do make a point. He throws the interception. But here's what I want to ask you. Because as a quarterback, I'm always going to defend quarterbacks. That receiver clearly ran the wrong route. Is, are you putting that on Fields of if the guy runs the right route, he's wide open in the end zone, no no problem. But he runs the wrong route, and Fields is already throwing it because he has to. He has to throw this on time or it's never going to get there. And sure enough, the guy decides to go in the other direction after the ball's already out. So, I mean, how much of that can you really put on fields and how much do you have to put on that on the coaching of you need to make sure in this last minute that everyone knows exactly what they're doing?
2: I mean, I, he still through the interception. Even if the wide receiver runs the wrong route, you still got to throw a ball that really only your receiver can get when you're throwing in the end zone with less than a minute. It, it's okay mm-hmm. to throw it away. It's okay to throw it and live for another
0: down. Mhm. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's no,
2: funny. I I put him more on fields who has been spectacular all year otherwise.
0: And that's very true. Uh I mean, put it this way, Trevor Trevor Lawrence, eighteen of thirty three for two fifty nine and two touchdowns. Uh Justin Fields, thirty of forty six for three twenty, one touchdown, two interceptions. So there was another interception in there. Now, when I when I'm not uh sure. J. K. Dobbins, eighteen carries for one hundred and seventy four yards and This is what I love. Trevor Lawrence decided, you know what? I'm already doing a great job passing. Why don't I just lead the team in rushing, too? 16 carries for 107 yards. Uh, Look, this this was the game that I feel like, when they announced them, I saw as the most evenly matched game. Because, like we said, Ohio State might be the most complete team, but for some odd reason, Clemson just seems to rise to occasions. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Doesn't matter if you look at the matchup or not. Clemson seems to be that team that goes, yeah, we are we probably don't compare on any of the levels majorly, but we, for some odd reason, we're going to be in this game every time. And a lot of it is Trevor Lawrence being just phenomenal. But I guess, Jay, I asked Russ, so I'll ask you too. Do you, do you feel like Ohio State should be playing in this national championship next week or on Monday? I mean,
1: they probably would have if they took on Oklahoma, but they didn't. And, it, I mean, no. Just I mean, like, when you go back to the Justin Fields play, that was, like, the crucial uh, interception in that game. The thing is, he didn't have to throw that ball yet. If you go back and watch it, he had four guys rushing him. Every guy was squared up. He had another second, second and a half to see which way that receiver was going to break. And they might be, would be in the national playoffs. So, no, they, well, they, they blew their shot against
0: Clemson. I don't mean he had to throw it because he was rushed. I meant he has to throw it because like post routes and the route the guy ended up running like a corner. Those are, those are based on timing. Those aren't like, those aren't wait until you're clear of everyone and throw. So Fields drops back, sees that the, 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 the defender that is supposed to be trailing him isn't with him anymore. And that means that safety is up high. So if he throws that right, if the guy goes in like he's supposed to and fields throws that, that safety has to come across the wide receiver to pick it off. More than likely, he's got to make contact with him. So unless he clearly plays the ball the whole way and picks it off before he makes contact, you're going to also get a chance at a pass interference on the one yard line. So I meant more like he he had to throw that because he has to stick with the timing. If he waits those extra two seconds, that's two seconds that a receiver can go, and that's a little bit that's a little bit out of position for where you want to be. So yeah, should Fields have maybe? really tried to clarify you're you're the you're the the quarterback you're in the huddle you need to look at these guys and go here's the play you know what you're doing right and if that guy goes yeah i got this no you don't you got this like you, you gotta this is a big stage some people it can be a little more than you know they realize so yes i i mean fields doesn't need to throw that interception he doesn't need to rush that ball but i feel like at that moment that's when you got to look at that coaching staff and it's first year head coach you need to look at him and go hey Everyone needs to be on the same page here because this Clemson team isn't going to make a mistake. We have to execute perfectly so that we can, you know, stay out in front of them. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we knew we were going to get a good game regardless, but, I mean, watching Clemson and uh, LSU, we probably do watch the same trouncing. LSU just looked to be on another level regardless of who it was going to be against. So, it'll be interesting. Uh, Well, let's... Let's focus over to it. National championship on Monday. LSU Tigers, Clemson Tigers. The Tigers versus the Tigers. Apparently, this is the year of the tiger. Uh, interesting to me. I, I I really, really found this interesting, and uh, I I need someone to help explain to me why this would be. Uh, they put up the matchup predictor, and Clemson's actually favored fifty-five to forty-four.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I find that very very peculiar that an LSU team that just went out and put Oklahoma through the ringer and is 14 and oh undefeated. Number one is actually not favored over a number three Clemson team who again went 14 and oh but they lost or they won on a last second interception. I just feel, I, I'm curious as to why that would be a ranking Ross or why they would do it that way.
2: So I've, I've, I've got three points. Okay. Um, one, just anecdotally, hey, they've seen them win a national championship before.
3: Yeah. So you're going to get
2: a little bit of benefit out. Okay.
3: Um,
2: two, more statistically, um, I put up the total net yards per game versus point differential per game thing um, all throughout the playoffs the last couple of years. Yep. This Clemson team is far and away the highest performer on that metric that we've had since the playoffs started.
3: Mm-hmm. There
2: is a big gap, and the next closest team is, oh, Clemson last year. <laughs> and then there's another gap until so you get to LSU, who actually is the third, the the fourth highest okay. on the on this metric. So statistically, just in terms of point and yard differential per game, this Clemson team is doing stuff pretty much unheard of. And the OSU team that they just beat is the next closest one to them in, in all of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been very, very impressive what they've been able to do. Um, but then if we want to go even fuzzier numbers here that are just kind of, you know, hey, close your eyes and, and talk about them at the water cooler, um, all five championship games, the lower seed has won every okay. single time. And three times we've had an All-American quarterback who's named an All-American that year play in the, cha- in the uh, championship game, all three times that quarterback's lost. Joe Burrow, all-American quarterback this year. So super fuzzy doesn't mean anything. And yeah, I love it though. Every single time the lower seat is won, and every single time the all-American quarterback's been there, he's lost. So if you want to paint the picture and get people to come spend their money, yeah, make Clemson the favorite.
0: I find that crazy that Trevor Lawrence wasn't named an all-American this year. But I, I mean, I understand. Right? I understand. Right. I understand. Yeah. Um, no, I mean. <clears throat> Listen, your first point, which I I, I completely agree with, that they're the defending champions. Until someone takes them down, they get the benefit of the doubt. I totally understand that. It's just when you're looking at everything and putting it together, this LSU offense, this LSU team as a whole has just been so insanely good that you have to wonder, like, even a 50-50 I think I would feel a little bit better with, and it's it's only five points off of that, but I'm just saying. Even a 50-50, at least you have some understanding of this is about as even of a matchup as we could find. And, and that's why I find it interesting. Um mm-hmm. I guess I mean there's no, no way to sugarcoat it. These are both very, very good teams. they you know, we we can expect a lot out of it, so we might as well just go right to it. Uh Jay, like I said, uh, Clemson favored 55%. The spread mm-hmm. is uh, uh Clemson plus six. Over under mm-hmm. is. Half a point shy of 70. So 69.5. That's crazy, 69.5. I, I don't even think I got there. And I, I literally did my prediction for this game before I looked at the lines and all that. And I, I, I thought I put a lot of points on my sheet. So, uh, again, 55% favorite plus six, just shy of 70 points. Uh, what's your prediction for this game, Jay?
1: Well, I'll my over will be pretty telling because I am taking the over on the line.
0: Oh, okay. I got a lot
1: of points in this game. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence last year against Bama in the national championship, he went 20 for 32, three touchdowns, and had the best QBR percentage of the entire season yeah. against Bama's defense last year. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just, i going to go with that anecdotal moment that Trevor Lawrence has been there. Uh, Burroughs came out of nowhere this year, and it's been excellent for LSU, but um, I've got Clemson winning 38-35, last-minute field goal, great game to watch on Monday, uh, but Clemson's going to come out, so I want I want those six points that they're giving Clemson because they're they're going to take over LSU on Monday night.
0: Yeah. Throw it away one more time. Thirty eight thirty five. Is that what you said? Yeah,
1: thirty eight thirty five.
0: 35 Okay, all right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Russ, over to you, man. I mean, I'm sure you've done enough analysis of this game that it's going to be very in depth. I'm very I'm very excited to hear what I'm going to get out of this.
2: Well, well, then let me sell it short and keep it short and sweet. Okay, forty two thirty eight Clemson. Bring on all the offense! Number one pick this mm-hmm. year, number one pick next year. Uh, this is this is sitting at the buffet with all your favorite food coming on your plate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Eat up, everybody! It's going to be fun. All
0: right, gee, like like I said, I thought I had a lot of points on on my sheet, and you guys both have more points than I do. So I I, I guess I really didn't uh, go as high as I thought I did. Uh, <clears throat> I looked at I looked at everything. You're, you're you're honestly seeing, in my opinion, the two best quarterbacks in the country going against each other. Obviously, one of them's leaving, the other one's got another year, probably going to be the number one pick next year, but you're about to see two of the best guys at their position go head-to-head. Both these teams are as complete as you can imagine. Uh, it's There's a reason they're both 14-0 and, and sitting in the national championship. Clearly, they execution's perfect. Two of the best coaches in the country doing it. Uh, unfortunately, I decided not to agree with either of you. Uh, I have this as a little more lopsided actually and i'm i'm going to eat i'm going right. to eat my words i'm going to eat my words when this ha- if this doesn't happen i have it as a 34-21 win for lsu i think we're going to see a small amount of what we saw against uh oklahoma we're going to see these guys get off to a real hot start burrows is just going to keep rolling but again i i think you're still you're playing a team that's a little more rounded out so clemson's going to figure out a way to slow him down to an extent the problem is are they going to be able to slow him down with enough time to stay in this game. So I have it as 34-21 LSU. Uh, Joe Burrows wins the Heisman, wins the national championship, and wins the, uh, well, doesn't really win going to the NFL because he's going to go to a horrible football team. But uh, <laughs> He's going to Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yo-y. Yeah, so he wins a lot Yo-y. and then Yo-y. loses Yo-y. big time. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I have a 34-21 uh, LSU win over Clemson. But don't worry. Clemson will be back next year doing the same thing again. I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing in this game this time next year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, now, we've just spent a lot of time talking about good football teams. Let's talk about a bad football team.
3: Oh, it please. is time.
0: It is that time of year. It really is. The season's over. We've seen everything we're going to see. We did this last year. I, I don't remember if we did it the first year, but I, I know we did this last year. Uh, we are going to give our grades for the Detroit Lions. And, oh, boy, are they not going to be fun. I can tell you that right now. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, judging by all the grades I put on to here and I tried to average it, Russ, I already asked Russ to do some averaging for us once uh, once we get done, but judging by everything, I wouldn't get into community college if I had these grades. So uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to lead it off, and I'm going to lead it off in a big way. I think this is the only way this can be done. And if you guys, the the, the whole point of this, if you guys disagree, please feel free. Uh, First position, quarterback. Uh, I gave him an incomplete. They don't get a grade. Matt Stafford was on on his way to a 40 touchdown, 5,000 yard season. If you assuming numbers don't drop off, again, you have to do that on assumption. He had 2,500 yards. He had, I believe, 19 touchdowns to four or five interceptions. He was on pace to have a, MV, maybe not MVP with what Lamar Jackson did, but he was on pace to have one hell of a year. That offense was going great. It was trending upward in a way we haven't seen in a long time. Then he goes down. But see, then Driscoll and Blau play, and while there's drop-off, there's not a, they still kept the offense competitive. So I'm giving it incomplete for the fact that we didn't get to see the our quarterback in this offense in year one all the way through, and you just can't grade it for that. Because if you if you have to grade it just on what you saw out of Stafford, I don't know how it's not a B, an A or a B. So I'm going to go with incomplete to start it, Russ.
2: He asked me to compute the averages as we're going along and his first grade, <laughs> his very first grade. <laughs> I
0: can't even compute. No, no, I meant like compute, like like <laughs> offense and defense. Like once we give our grades right. for those, I you know, yeah, I'm well, not, yeah, not going to screw you. Then quarterback would
2: be part of the offense.
0: Okay. <laughs> so,
2: right, so well, I will just quickly adjust <clears throat> some formulas. No, no, it's cool.
0: Um, oh, but I, do you, I you agree with me? I don't know how you can grade a position where we didn't actually see the position all the way through. I think you right. can. No. Yeah, okay. there's,
2: there's some merit in that, and I actually waffled on doing that, but I, I made the formulas in Excel, so damn it, I'm going to give him a grade.
3: <laughs> okay, um, all right.
2: Separately, I mean, Stafford was on pace, like you said, for a an uh, all-pro caliber season. He would have been, based on his pace, second in passing yards, first in touchdowns, and about 10th in interceptions. Right, that, That's a really good year. It's he very deserves year. an A on his own. Yeah. Um, the rest of everyone else, somehow helped the Lions to the highest bad throw percentage and lowest on-target percentage in the entire league. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yikes. Some of that is, yeah, lower your expectations because it's it's Blau and Driscoll and, and God, they shouldn't be out there starting football games and everyone knows this, Uh, but they still did bad. And what left me at the end of the season was, were you trying to throw interceptions? Because, man, some of those looked like they were to the wrong team. Mm-hmm. Um so it was A for Stafford D for everyone else I kind of averaged it out to a B minus as a whole for the team cuz I thought it was impressive what they did to at least tread water for a while there when Stafford came out and very impressive um when Stafford was in there
0: I so will they, not they I will not have this slander though lately. I will not have this slander though we had a guy finish the year with 100% completion rating Danny Amendola oh, Danny finished Amidola. one for oh, one. My God no! And <laughs> Just, I correct me if touchdown. I'm wrong, and with a touchdown that has to weigh into this, folks. It really has to play. No, I. I, <laughs> yeah. I you we'll, you we'll you way by You went on you went on the formula that I, I I if I had to have put a grade down, it would have been pretty close to that. Driscoll and uh, Driscoll and Blau finished with. Uh, I'm ball I, I eyeballing this about. 1600 Bad. yard about 1600 yards, eight touchdowns to 10 interceptions combined. Ugh. So, not good. Uh-huh. No, not good, but can I can can you argue kind of what you would expect out of a backup that no one had any expectations yeah. of seeing this year? So, and mm-hmm. and they kept us competitively in these games to some extent. Didn't win them obviously, but they kept us at least somewhat in them. So, all right, Jay, you got an incomplete. You got Russ giving him a fairly decent grade for all things considered. Where'd you go?
1: So without, without you know, boring everyone with repetition, I had the same note as Russ did it. I had Stafford through eight games. I gave him an A. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was very well-deserved. He was on track to do a very good season for himself. But mm-hmm. when you have people with the names of Driscoll and blah. That's how I. That's how I felt on the second half of the year. Uh, nine touchdowns and ten interceptions for them. Um, I gave them an F. So when you net those two out, probably isn't accurate math. But I finished off a C minus because half of the year was good. The other half was blah, and the grade is still barely good. So I will give them a C minus for the quarterbacks.
0: So we're pretty much saying that the quarterbacks finished the year with a C, give or take.
1: I, yeah, the,
2: well, I yeah, The is, average of those of us that gave a grade.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> well, no, but like, but like, like I said, if I had actually, because of my opinion on this, if I had actually graded it out, you, you guys pretty much matched what I, what I wrote down as if I had to put grades in. So we're, we're saying a C we're saying a C, like I said, I don't think we can with what we're seeing out of Stafford. Yes, you can give them an A, but I also don't think that in year one of an offensive coordinator to, you know, you have two guys that were not expected to play. It's a little tough to put a final grade on it, but I would say I agree with C C is a, a fair one. Um, I was a little generous for a little while now, and this is this is kind of bothering me. So I'm I want to I want to hear someone I want to hear some salty first before I decide to be generous. So Jay, we're moving down to the running back position. Uh, where where did you decide to go grading these guys?
1: So. This one, I like. out of all the position groups, I really had to go player by player to try to understand it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know a lot of it has to do with the quarterback that's actually helping the running back and the line and how well they're playing. Mm-hmm. But on Johnson getting hurt sucked big time. Bo is going to be a great addition for the future. I do like him as a, an option, kind of like Philly when they utilize so many different running backs. Yep. Um, after that, it really falls off. McKissick and Ty Johnson didn't do a whole lot for me. So again, I'm I'm stuck in this like area of should be you know your word incomplete, but it's a C. A C is an incomplete grade. You didn't you barely passed. You didn't get a great mark and you didn't fail. Running back seems incomplete to me that we need to keep drafting another one. So they get a C for the year because it's just it's a mixed bag of nuts. Wow,
0: well, I feel phenomenal about myself right now because I gave them the exact same grade. I gave him a C. I gave him a C for almost the same reason, though, Jay. I, I only looked at the top four running backs. I You know, we could look at Perkins and all those other guys that carried the ball seven times over the year and factor those in there, but uh, carry on 403 yards, Bo 377, Ty Johnson 273, J.D. McKissick 205, totaled out to 1,258 rushing yards, and again, we only saw carry on for half a season. So, uh, was it great? No. Was it... Terrible, a little bit, but at the same time, it was enough to get an idea of that. If we can just get a few other pieces figured out, we can get carry on to stay on that field for sixteen games. Something could be happening that we could be, you know, be be pretty fond of. So I agree with you on that. I, I put a C down for him. So over to you, Russ.
2: So the average on this is going to be super easy. Uh, I also have a C. Mm-hmm. Um, none, no running backs in the top forty for. Uh, defense-adjusted yards above replacement or value over replacement, well, minimum 100 carries and minimum 50 carries, no running backs in the top 30 for yards per carry. That is to say, no starting quality running back for the entire season. Injuries kind of sapped carry-on from being able to do that. Looks like you found a piece in bow. Um, otherwise, it's exactly what you guys said. I, I don't want to just repeat it. Um, it's an okay but not not good Uh, result that we got from the running backs
3: this year
0: yeah i would agree i would agree i mean it's pretty easy for you to average i guess uh Uh, right over to wide receivers russ so the next next one you're you're the guy to lead us in
2: okay Okay. wide receivers spoiler alert is my highest position grade um out of anybody and that's largely on on the the back of kenny galladay who had a great season of himself just leads the nfl in in uh touchdown receptions, and this Lions trio, first Lions trio in franchise history to to have all three of them have at least 60 catches, at least 675 yards. Jones was on a career pace before he got hurt. Amendola, hey, he threw a touchdown, right? Like, woo! Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Holiday looks like he's going to be a stud. Um, I gave him a B plus. I think they were a big part of why the subpar quarterback play when Stafford went down was able to float for a bit. And really helped Stafford reach some of his career heights before he did get hurt. So I'm a big fan of this position group, and well, not much more.
0: Yeah, no. I the only only group that got a higher grade than the wide receivers for me are the special teams. So uh, mm-hmm. I I had to be nice to. Oh, I get. Yeah, I had to be nice to I- Prater and Martin because they're the only things we had going for us. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll but, get to them. Yeah, we'll get to them. Um, no, I'm I'm right with you, uh, Kenny Galladay. Just shy of twelve hundred yards. Uh, Marvin Harrison seven seventy nine. Uh, Danny Amendola six seventy eight. The only I, I gave him a B minus, and the only reason I didn't turn it up a little bit, Russ, and this is, uh, you know, the only real reason because those three had great years, you know, together. I mean, when you finish with three receivers with, you know, twenty six hundred yards receiving, that's great. Um, my only reason was. Kenny Galladay and Marvin uh, Marvin Jones were the only two people that had more than two receiving touchdowns. Only two. Kenny Kenny had eleven, and Marvin had nine. No one else had more than two receiving touchdowns. Not even Danny. Danny finished. The, I think he finished the year with one or two. So uh, I just that that to me was a little bit that pushed him down a little bit. We have to have more guys getting in the end zone than just those two. So uh, yep. B minus for me. So uh, Jay. We're both in the Bs. Hopefully you're not going to make this too tough on Russ. So uh, give us that, and then uh, go ahead and take us right into tight ends.
1: So with the wide receivers, again, uh, you almost have to split the review of their work because, what was it, with Stafford and without? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you do that, I mean, I gave them an A with Stafford, but when you start dealing with the corpse of the quarterback that, they, that we had, mm-hmm. um, the grade shifted down a little bit. Um, so, I, I, it, again, I again it was the bright spot of the season. We were counting who the player was going to be each week that was going to hit over a hundred yards because someone on that team was doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I gave them a B. So two B's and a B minus. Obviously that's going to be the highlight of the lions this year. Okay. Um, I like it. Moving into some low light. (laughs) I have a very aggressive opinion when it comes to the tight ends for our coach, which, you know, we say it all the time. He was, supposed to be a defensive genius um we did a lot of movement in the preseason with tight ends even drafting one using a very good uh, asset in the draft for it i don't know what the hell we did with our tight ends this year hawkinson had one great game he had two touchdowns on the year jesse james did what exactly for us
0: uh, um, i oh, can I can, no, big... I, I can tell you hawk finished with 367 receiving james mm-hmm. only had 142 yards and logan thomas mm-hmm. The other, These are the only three guys to actually get the ball more than once or twice. Logan Thomas finished with 173. So the three of them combined for 682 receiving yards total.
1: And there's got to be a big asterisk next to Thomas because what was the game that we utilized him and put oh, yeah, everyone yeah. else on the side? Yeah, I
0: know which one you're talking about, yeah. yeah. So
1: I've got problems, and I'm getting the tight ends in F. And primarily <laughs> it's going to fall on Patricia and the way that they got used. Um, I understand it's a first-year offense, but you don't address the tight end position with the first pick, and then we don't do anything with our tight end. So I'm I'm going with a hard F on tight end.
0: Okay, well I'm going to help bring the grade up a little bit. Um, I, I wasn't super generous to this one, but I, I the only reason I gave him this grade is one, I liked Hawkinson's abilities that I saw when I saw it was never gonna be Gronk, was never gonna be Tony Gonzalez. We knew that when we drafted him. But what he was gonna be is an extra lineman who can really help us establish the run game, who can still catch the ball if we need him to catch the ball. Made some mistakes, got hurt. Uh Jesse James really, honestly, he slipped back out of the, you know, out of the view. Like no one really saw a lot from him this year. It almost seemed like because of Hawkinson, he just got lost in the mix. Uh Logan Thomas you know, he, he's another big body, but he, you know, the guy's a quarterback. He's not even a tight end his whole life. He played quarterback up until a couple of years ago. So again, um, but the reason I decided to go with him and give him this grade was for the fact that early on, we all agreed that Daryl Bevel played hot hand. If you had the hot hand that day, he was going to tailor the offense to you because he could, because he had a quarterback that was capable of executing that way. Once Stafford went down, it went from hot hand to, if you're open, give him the ball, because it's the only way we're going to advance the ball. We, we, we don't have everybody at 100%. We're, we're not operating on the same attack plan. So everything Hawk was doing kind of got slowed down because they, they, weren't ex, they weren't tailoring an offense to him because he had a hot day that day. They were just trying to move the ball and put up points. So for that reason, I decided to be a little generous, and I gave them a C-minus. It's it's a generous grade I will admit, but I also think kind of like the quarterback and the uh, running back, we didn't get to see everything we needed to see because we didn't get to see this offense in full tilt. We didn't get to see them go 16 straight games with everybody firing, or as much as we could see. We saw a lot of guys go down in a lot of inopportune times. I've never seen Lions place on IR so many times on a ticker in one year. So uh, yeah, I gave him a C minus, a little generous, Russ, a little generous. Oh
2: little generous um i i'm actually going to join justin uh so we'll be giving them two f's and it seems like that's more f's than they were giving their tight end squad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this was rough hawks probably the only thing that doesn't make it a, a easy slam dunk um f grade and and that's because of his one big game where he had six catches for 131 yards and touchdown the rest of the season he had 26 catches or 236 yards in the touchdown um yes it is very difficult for rookie tight ends to break into the league so i'm not going to bag on him too much but does jesse james exist still are, are we sure
0: it's a good question is, because
2: it seems like he turned into the outlaw jesse james and he fled town yeah. um isaac Nauta, he's a practice squad guy Get him off the field um logan thomas is a credible third tight end that's i i was impressed with what he did he deserves to be on a roster but that's we shouldn't be trying to sing the merits of of a uh, position group and talk about Logan Thomas. He's just that far down there. I, with how much they invested in this position group in the off season, I expected a lot more, it, at least an attempt at a lot more. And and there really, really wasn't, especially for bringing in shaky QBs who you would think would have a safety valve of a tight end be pretty useful. So it's enough for me. Um, Somebody's had to start taking the the bashings here. Um, beatings will continue until morale improves. Good luck, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Like I said, I knew I was being generous, but I, you know, I had to look at it from that way. Um, now we go to my second lowest grade on Ooh. this entire sheet, and I, I, I'm not going to get into it too much because we, we all know what we saw this year. I'm going to give you one number and one number only, and I, I literally saw this number. And as soon as I saw it and wrote it down in my notes, I immediately wrote the grade because I knew it couldn't be any, any higher than that. So I gave the offensive line a D for one reason, one reason alone. The O-line gave up 287 yards in sacks. We gave up three, almost three football fields worth of sacks this year. No one can say they had an effective offensive line giving up three football fields worth of sacks. I get we do some interchanging. I get that, you know, we still have some guys that are quasi young. But for the most part, we have enough guys that have NFL experience that we should be at the point where we should be able to protect our quarterback to some extent over 300 yards of lost yardage. That that that's that's a game's offense in some in some times. How on earth can you say you're a successful offensive line doing that? So I gave him a D, which I still think is far too generous, but you know we still had a quasi effective offense when Stafford was on the field, so that that that's the only thing that kept him from failing this year, Jay
1: yeah i I don't even know where to go with them because again, with so many personnel changes, you'd hope that it wouldn't affect their job. Uh, I've never played organized football, so I don't know if because there's a different quarterback and running back, you're doing different things on the o line. <clears throat> I kind of just landed with a very soft take of a C again. Um, because I just they didn't have a whole hell of a lot of consistency, but when you put out that fact that we gave up that many football fields, big yikes. Um so maybe that's a position group we'll look at in the draft. Um, but it just average at best. They didn't do anything to stand out. I mean, we had some good catches from wide receivers, but yeah. I don't I don't know if they were protecting much of anything.
0: All mock drafts I've seen have us taking an offensive tackle from Alabama for the right side of the line. Uh the okay. same I don't remember the name off the top of my head. But uh, I will say the only difference in quarterback is just cadence, how they how they call the play, that kind of stuff. Like it, it should be stuff that should be very easy to adapt to. Should be very easy to adapt to. Um so CM yeah, that's that's in my opinion that's a generous grade, but you know, you, you make some good points. Uh Russ, you got a D, you got a C. Uh are we gonna pass in this uh this position?
2: Yeah, I was I was a little more generous than you guys with the plus.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: first, I got to ask though, this yards given up by sack. Do we have any context for that? Like, what's the average in the league? What, oh. what do other teams do? Because that seems like a super arbitrary number.
0: Well, put it this way: we were uh, according to this, uh, if I remember it uh, correctly, and again, this is me saying, don't quote me. On this, we gave up like ten sacks for two hundred eighty seven yards or something like that.
3: Well, they gave up
2: forty three sacks on the season. Okay, which was about middle of the pack. It, it okay. was, there was some teams that gave up more than fifty. So it's it's not like they were giving up way more sacks than everyone else. But maybe on average they were giving up more yards per sack. And then that,
0: that that could, could be, be it. That could be it. Right.
2: That could be. Hey, the quarterback's dropping back more or scrambling more. That could be like how Blau and Driscoll like to.
0: Well, run Driscoll, David. we know Driscoll was a runner, so Driscoll probably right. We Driscoll probably lost some yards scrambling, and unfortunately that plays to a sack. But at the same time. You know, 287 yards of lost yardage, is that's still a number that you can't ignore. I, I get, I get we I can't look at every sack and say, oh, that's why that happened. But at the same time, three yeah. football fields is three football fields no matter how you want to shake it out. I, I, I yeah. understand that.
2: Yeah, it's worth looking at. I just have zero context for it to tell you if that's actually average or what, because I know their sack total was average this year. Um, But part of the other reason I gave them a C-plus is they did – Okay, with <laughs> a lot of the stuff. The the interior, when they weren't doing this stupid three-guard rotation, last is was one of your two best guards. Stop pulling them out of the game. Um, they actually graded out very well. As a unit, uh, the power success, their sack rate, their stuff percentage, was all kind of middle-of-the-road. Uh, so they get a middle-of-the-road grade from me for a C+. Plus. Um, I, it wouldn't take a lot of convincing to have me lower that a little bit, but um, but I couldn't
0: fail. I couldn't fail everyone that lines up in the three-point stance. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's uh, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, well, you kind of led me right into it. Uh, I guess this would be a quick one. Uh, I almost said raise your hand. That wouldn't have worked. Um, <laughs> I'm raising them. Uh, <laughs> can anyone honestly say they gave our defensive line anything other than an F? I did. Uh, I gave I, them an F.
2: I gave him a D, but I see your logic with an F. The only reason I didn't is because I thought Trey Flowers played well.
0: Okay.
1: And that's it. That's and the I, only I did, redeeming thing. I did the same thing as Rust. I actually went way of a D uh, just because, well, when you're only rushing three all the time, mm, you can't really put up a good performance. I put it more on Patricia again than the the line itself. So I like I gave it a D as a redeeming shot.
0: Okay. All right. So two Ds and an F. You kind of get an idea where we went with that one. Um, Jay, we'll go over to you on to, uh, on the linebackers. Where, where would you feel? We had, we had a rookie make some decent impact, but we also had some linebackers that looked like they'd never played before. So,
1: yeah, this, this one was confusing for me. Um, not cause I don't understand what the question is, but, um, trying to give it a grade. They only had seven interceptions on the year and it resulted in 77 yards. Um, a couple of those, about half of it was actually from the cornerbacks and safeties. But, um, Johnny Tavai is the bright spot of that unit, but we didn't have, like, it's the same thing I said last year. We don't have the explosive ability to create a turnover and take it to the house. Oh, Quandre Diggs, where'd he go? Um, we didn't get a single touchdown off of any interceptions. I gave them a D just because I, I, I remember Tavai and that's about it. Everyone else was just a ghost to me.
0: Okay. Fair. Ross?
2: I also gave them a D, actually, Um, and that's only by the saving grace of one Mr. Devin Kennard and his seven sacks. Um, Him and Flowers, both seven sacks. No one else on the team more than two. That's not good, especially when you're rushing linebackers, I I guess when you do send a pass rush, which is like, uh, I don't know, every 15th play or so. Um, It's a brutal squad in, in terms of any kind of pass coverage. They, they even struggled against the run, though they did get better as the year progressed. Uh, there's a lot of work to do there. And I don't know how much of that is scheme because some of them come out saying, Hey, it's, it's a lot to process. It's it's very complex and multiple and, and different contingent roles. Uh, bottom line is they're not getting it. It's, and it's just bad. It's tough to watch at times. There's fleeting moments of fun, but they are fleeting. So it's, it's a D. Uh, D for defense. Ooh, all right. <laughs> is, is it three Ds across the board, Eric? What do you?
0: Got? Uh, I'm going to destroy the bell curve here, people. No, I, I actually D plus. I gave him a D plus. D plus. Uh, For for the You're fact kidding. that for Ru- Russ, Russ took the uh, the point right you know the exact point I was going with Kennard, and a little bit of Jamelani T- the Tavai. They they we, we questioned their first pick. Second pick, I see enough upside and potential to call it a successful pick. He's got, some, he's got some holes, just like everyone else does coming into the league. But I think he's got a year under his belt of playing a lot more than he probably thought he was going to get to play. And uh, I think we, we can look at Jelani Tavaia as someone that might actually be a sound piece on this defense for the next couple of years, and that's a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mm-hmm. went D+. plus, Pretty much in the same ca- uh, group with all you guys. Uh, now I'm going to – I'll lead off the defensive backs, and I'm leading them off because I know for a fact – I gave this group too high a grade, but I want to try to justify it. So I gave them a C, and I gave them a C for the fact that we both – Jay made the point. If you're only rushing three or four, it's very hard to get pressure on a quarterback. So for the fact that we didn't give up 250,000 touchdowns because our defensive backs had to literally stay with a guy – for longer than any defensive back should be asked to cover someone. I, I, I hate to break it to you. We could have had Revis, Champ Bailey, Ed Reed, and Deion Sanders out there, and it would have been asking far too much of them just to stay with the guys. So then you ta- you had the fact that we trade away one of our best defensive players and substitute him with a rookie, Will Harris. So I gave him a C because all things considered, they, they did a lot better than I would have expected them to do if you had just blind blindly presented me with the facts of we didn't blitz, our linebackers didn't blitz, and our defensive backs had to stay with receivers for longer than anyone should ever have to and be effective. So I gave him a C, middle of the road. They didn't do terrible. They didn't do great. Uh, if we ever figure out how to blitz, maybe that grade will go up. So, uh, Jay, over to you. I gave him a C, man.
1: You were a touch 2 nice. Uh, mm-hmm. you touched on a lot of things of why they got a D for me as well. So we got straight okay. Ds across the D, like Russ made the joke <laughs> on. Um, not blitzing, rushing three, trading digs. You, know, the, you mentioned the amount of times they're going to be called on because we're not getting pressure to the quarterback. It's just, it's lunacy the way that they got utilized. I mean, there were games that Slay wasn't talked about. That's because he was doing his job and he was covering the number one wideout and that was fine, but... It, it didn't get us home anywhere. It didn't net any results uh, from the defense. So, for the cornerbacks and the safeties, they, they're they getting the D from me because what did it turn into? What was the, you know, it was just a joke. So, they get a D.
0: Okay. All right. Rusty.
2: I uh, i gave him a C-, minus, really, for a lot of the same reasons Eric did. Had no pass rush support. Um, Lions sent the fewest rushers on average
3: <laughs> and
2: were the only team, the only team in the entire league to Average more than three seconds per play for the opposing quarterback. That's that's hashtag not good. Hashtag uh, not good. That. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: it's it's just absolutely rough. So it's it's tough to succeed at any point when you're literally the worst pass rush team. You're getting the least support. Um, that said, they did finish dead last in two hundred eighty-four point four yards per game allowed through the air. Uh, Coleman started off strong, really tapered off The safeties, once they traded Diggs uh, Injuries ate them up And if it wasn't for Tavon Wilson Well, oh, this grade would probably be even worse um, Yeah, it's it's a C- minus just because I, I wait at the end of the year How they declined And seemed not to start to get things and, and get better like they did last year So, it, it it's rough
0: <laughs> It was tough, it was tough Alright, well that's all the big ones, but now we got to get to the best two players on our team, our kicker and our punter. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, like I said, they got the two highest grades of any position uh, on my, you know, on my on my grading system. So if you can factor the fact that the highest grade outside of them was a B minus from our wide receivers, you know that these guys are both getting into college and a very nice college at that. Uh, I gave Matt Prater a B plus, and I gave him a B plus for two reasons. It would have been higher. Uh, Matt Prater, twenty-six of thirty-one in field goals. Longest of the year was fifty-six. He was an, he was eleven of eleven from twenty to thirty, two of three from thirty to forty, and then six of nine from forty to fifty, and fifty plus he was seven of eight. So those are those are all great. Those are phenomenal, and it would have been it would have been enough to give him in the A's, but he did one thing wrong. He missed an extra point. You can't miss an extra point. As a kicker, (laughs) an extra point. Those are called free throws. Okay, you should be able to make those. So that's the only reason he would have gotten an A from me. Otherwise, he missed an extra point. Twenty-six to thirty-one, though. You know, eighty, almost eighty-four percent field goal percentage, and the guy is just—it's kind of crazy. He's seems almost almost automatic from outside of forty. So, uh, yeah, I. I went with a B-plus uh, for him, and then uh, Sam Martin didn't have a single punt block this year. Executed great. I'm I, i, I I'm trying to – I'm scrambling to find it because I know I had it right here. Um, only seven touchbacks, landed 30 of them inside the 20. Uh, longest was 62 yards, averaged a 45 yards a punt. So, uh, Sam Martin, you were great. I like you. You can stay around. A-minus for Sam Martin. On to you, Russ. All
2: right, so our – are we including the return, the returners in this grade to the special team, or is that going to be a separate position?
0: Uh, I was going to have it as a separate position. If you want to tack it on okay. in there, we can tack it on in there.
2: No, no, I, I split it off. I just wanted to make sure that I had some room to speak of, to speak about Agnew, because mm-hmm. that guy got my, my highest grade. Um, kickers and punters, I did lump them together a, a little bit there. Martin, he was solid, but... More or less middle of the road when you look at any of his like average stuff, um, he, he's a good punter to have around. Um, Prater, 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 right? Seven of eight <laughs> from fifty plus. Yeah, he,
3: that
2: that's pretty good, I hear. Um, but he did have his lowest full season field goal percentage of his entire time with Detroit at eighty three point nine percent, which is not great. It's about four percentage points lower than last year. So I, he's he's good. Right, but mm-hmm. not as good as the seven of eight from fifty probably would have said. So I got a, I got a B, B, for our uh, our kicker and punters here.
0: Okay, that's fine. And like I said, I got B plus A minus. So you can pretty much put it at B B plus would probably be the the, the actual grade if you really want to think about it. Uh, okay. So yeah, B plus A minus. I'm with it. Uh, Jay, over to you, kicker punter.
1: Shame on you for taking out your Oklahoma aggression on one missed Extra point. <laughs> 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 Bullshit. <laughs> give that man an A. Give the whole special teams an A. If 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 we're gonna be that ticky tacky, I gotta I gotta bump up their grades. I'm I'm that stay stay after class and not take my trash out and give you extra credit, teacher. I'm giving the special teams an A across the board just because of that one fact.
0: Okay, I like it. I like it. Well, Russ pointed it out. I so I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I love it too. Russ pointed out, so I'm gonna let Russ lead it off. Russ, uh, we're gonna get into the. I, I guess we'll we'll, we'll get onto coaching now. So why don't you give us your special teams, and then we'll we'll then we'll have offense, we'll have defense, we'll have special teams, and we can start breaking down the coaching. So uh, what what kind of grade did you give? I guess can we say anything other than Jamal Agnew? Uh, I don't
2: think I need to. Jamal Agnew, hey, <laughs> dude, did great. Only guy in the league with a kick return and a punt return. Four touchdowns, uh, fifth-best kick return average, fourth-best punt return average. uh, And the return team alongside them, they only allowed 12 returns the entire season. Six kick returns, six punt returns. That's good coverage. A lot of fair catches. Uh, Doing a good job, guys. The only group to get an A.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Jay, over to you.
1: Just on, on the return team,
0: huh? Well, the special teams, yeah. I mean pretty yeah. much well, just pretty much just agnew if you really wanted to take the time to track how we did on kickoff that's that's on you my friend
1: i mean the only time i pressed the return button was to go to the other channel i was watching when i didn't feel like watching the lions
3: so
1: <laughs> um i'll i'll go with an a as well i wasn't prepared for that one that was a curveball so i'm i'm fair catching that one i'll give him a night.
0: all right Good um boy. i listen i can't say anything bad about jamal agnew that guy I guy put into a position that is incredibly hard to do. There's a reason that the best to ever do it only has like 20 touchdowns, taking it back in like 10 years of doing it. It's it's a very tough position, especially when you're on a, a subpar team like this. So, yes, absolutely. Jamal Agnew, A. A all day. You can't take it away from him. Uh, <clears throat> so, now we're moving on. The way I figure we can do this, if if someone formatted it out differently, that's fine. It's totally up to you. But I figure we can just go right through. We can give a grade to Patricia, a grade to Bevel, and we'll give a grade to Paul Pasqualoni. But I'm pretty sure everybody has the same grade for Paul Pasqualoni. So, okay. uh, why don't we? We'll go through that. Let's just start at the bottom, and bottom for a reason. Paul Pasqualoni. I I don't think it's going to surprise anyone. I went straight with an F on this one. This guy was over his head. Had no business being a defensive coordinator. He got a job from someone who considered him a mentor or a, a teacher, and he wanted to have himself insulated with people he trusted unfortunately he gave this guy the wrong position you want to make him the d-line coach that's fine go for it i have no problem with that he was not a defensive coordinator he did he was in over his head and you could tell it you could really tell when it, when it got to the moments that he had to make decisions he didn't know that what he wanted to do or how to execute it so i'm sorry i'm sure he's a great guy never had the pleasure of meeting him but uh paul Pasqualoni gets an f from me ross
3: no, that,
2: that's fine. I uh, I think it's well well warranted. I'm actually going to give him a C, as in see you later. It's yeah, an F. There you Get go. Out of here. I was
0: about to start. say you said C. Hey. I'm going after you on that one, buddy. No, no
2: he, right. it was garbage. The whole the, we've gotten into the pass rushing thing. We've gotten into the coverage thing. Uh, it just was bad, and it was a huge step back from last year after adding talent. <laughs> he, he deserved to lose his job.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Jay. I don't think it's really any different for you, but let us know how you feel. I'm Paul Pasqualoni.
1: Mm, I'm, I'm asking this man to step aside because my sights are on the person that hired him. Uh, I'll give him a nap just so he moves, so I can talk about the real person I want to talk about.
0: Oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, Ooh, you got we'll one more.
1: We'll get to Unfortunately,
0: him. you got one more person to talk about real quick, Jay. And I have a feeling you're going to be nicer to this guy than you will to the man in, man in control. So talk to me about uh, Daryl Bevel. Where were you grading this guy in his first year as the Lions' OC?
1: Having to hear everyone talk about what he did in Seattle with the run game with Marshawn Lynch and everything, and then our strong suit is our wide receivers. I was impressed. Okay. Um, oh god, I want to do like an A, but like
0: I'll put. Let me let me give suck. you give you a fair comparison. I'm going to praise the living hell out of this guy. He didn't even get an A from me, so. You do what you need to do.
1: That's what I just did in my head. I'll I'll give him a B-plus, so a little plus sign to make him feel happy, but everything is not on par for an A with him.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I I gave him a B-plus as well. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to praise the hell out of this guy. This guy came into a situation where he could have literally understood that I don't even have the amount of talent I need to effectively have an offense and somehow kept us in the hunt. For the longest time with our offense, we literally stayed with everyone. I, I, if I remember correctly, we actually led in like 13 of the 16 games. So this guy actually mm-hmm. had an offense going full bore. Then he proceeds to have his starting quarterback, who's having a MVP-like season, go down. He has there's our starting running back, who we're kind of hinging is, there, is our next running back. Unfortunately, he needs to figure out how to stay healthy. He has Galladay has a year, the point where you literally could have said, hey, let's just put all the defensive backs on Galladay and let's see what happens. Galladay still had the kind of year he would have gotten the ball. He played great. Marvin was right there with him. Danny became that safety blanket. I I said he was going to be. We watched Marvin go out. We watched Hawk get hurt multiple times. We just could not get a running back in that backfield that worked until Bo comes along. And even then, Bo was great, but he still only finished the year with 377 rushing yards. When you watched him, you would have thought it would have been a lot more than that. But somehow he kept this offense competitive. And the the only thing that scares me is that someone's going to realize this, and this guy's going to be gone after next year, which I do not want to see. Because this guy has tapped into how to make this offense work. Hopefully he's going to get a full, healthy roster next year, and we can get right back to where we were. And sky's the limit. So uh, I gave him a B plus. It should. I agree with you, Jay. It, I wanted to give him the A. I just feel like there were still a couple of little miscues here and there. I would have liked to like to have seen him do better with Driscoll and Blau. Maybe now he knows get one of these guys a little more prepared for the very, very scary chance that we need him. But uh, yeah, B plus for me, Russ.
2: No, it, it's actually a B-plus from me as well, and for a lot of the same reasons. Yes, injuries crippled them, but he somehow kept the ship going that the offense wasn't the reason they were losing games, really until the last couple of games, um, in which case everything was the reason they were losing games. <laughs> but no, there's a, there's a lot of promise there. My biggest knock is I still don't understand the three-guard rotation, uh, but everyone here's how nitpicky that sounds. It was a good year for them. It was a B-plus. And my only question is, who gets to give Patricia a bad grade first?
0: Uh, You know what? I'm actually going to go first (laughs) because I didn't give Patricia a bad grade. All right,
1: I'm I'm done. You can hang up on me. I'm
0: leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Let me finish, Jay. Let me finish. Bevel got a B plus. Pasquale got an F. Patricia split the middle. Okay, as close to splitting the middle as I guess you can in this situation. I gave Matt Patricia a C-. And I gave him a C- for these reasons. I already pointed out that Pasquale never should have been here. That was a fault on his. He needed to realize halfway through the year that this defense wasn't working. You cannot come in here touting yourself as a defensive-minded head coach. And our defense looks like it does because that, that immediately reflects on you first. The defensive coordinator is something. There's a reason that even if Bill Belichick isn't calling the plays, he doesn't let the defense look like a joke because that reflects on him. Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator his whole life. That offense struggles, okay, Bill Belichick's not an offensive guy. Patricia needs to know you come from that school. Our defense looks the way it does. You need to step in, say, Paul, I I appreciate it. I'm taking over for right now. We need to do something differently because they know we're not going to blitz them. They know they can sit back there all day, run these crossing routes on us, and we're fine. We need to surprise them. So I give it to him for that. He, The defensive side of the ball, he missed big time this year, and it really, really, really hurts him. On the flip, he did something I really liked. When he saw that offense was working, he got the hell away from it and just let yep. Daryl Bevel do what he needed to do. So I, that that helps me there because he realizes I, there, I have something I don't need to have my hands on. I can I can stay with him. I can talk to him. We can work through things if he needs help, but I'm not touching that. So I, I do it for that. And, again, I it's the same thing that's circling back because this was this year. You're a second-year head coach. You have a little bit of a hot seat going with you for how, how your season's going. You lose your running back, your quarterback, your One of your wide receivers struggles. Your number one pick has injury problems. You have all this happening to your defense. Not to mention, and I've mentioned this multiple times this year, we never got that defensive line on the field all at once. Daniels got in, Flowers wasn't there. Snacks goes down, this person can't play. We never put that front defensive line we spent all offseason building, we never put them on the field all at once and said, you're all healthy, go. So for that reason, it's a little hard to get the full Patricia image. Is he on the hot seat? Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? He had enough hardship and he made enough right decisions on one side of the ball this year that he barely passes, but to me he passes, he gets to see another year. So, Jay, I know you don't like it. I gave him a C-. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what? Jay needs a minute. Russ, over to you. Okay.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay. my one good point, my one nice thing to say about him, he stole from me, <laughs> that he saw the offense was rolling and he went, you know what? That's you. Uh, I'm going to go look at this other steaming pile of shit. <laughs> and, and he apparently just stared at it from his little perch from the beginning of the year at yep. the back of the bench uh, and didn't do a whole lot else. You, you don't win three games, hear all that grumbling from the locker room, all that unrest, and then expect to get a good grade here. Uh, it's a D-plus and really the only saving grace is I give him a little credit with the injuries um, and for staying out of the offense's way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like you said, your calling card can't be shit, and the team wins three games, and you come out with anything looking like a good grade.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No, it's, it's it's a D-plus for me, and I don't know, that might be a little generous at times.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right there with me, though. You kind of see the points I was trying to make, and you yeah, know, I do. that means you were right. Um, so <laughs> Jay, do you, have, have you grunted enough that you can talk now?
1: You guys need to come to the dark side of the forest, like, as soon as
0: possible. <laughs> All right, Jay, listen, we both presented you with viable arguments why a C plus D mi- or a C minus D plus is is logical. Now, prove us wrong. What, what did we miss in this grading process? You can't deny the bevel was effective, and that Patricia realized that and t- stayed the, stayed out of the way and let Bevel keep going. He could have pulled the hardball and taken over mm-hmm. for Gaddis like he did, but then realized, hey, Gaddis can kind of call plays. Let me get the hell out of his way. So Patricia did that, and he, he realized that. He he screwed up on the other side of the ball, and I, I was talking to someone the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hire a defensive coordinator. Just let Patricia call it. But at this point... Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Why? He's a defensive coordinator. Like, why wouldn't he? <laughs> So do, I know. You, do you really think that uh, a single play was called in New England that Bill Belichick didn't approve on that defensive side? I guarantee you. Guarantee I, you.
1: I, I know what you're saying.
0: So C minus D plus. Prove us wrong.
1: I, I so desperately wanted to give him a D just so he can see what one looked like
0: because <laughs> he ah. didn't look at
1: one for 16 games. We lost nine games in a row mainly because of defensive woes and injuries, mm-hmm. uh, only two home victories. Think about all the people that packed into that damn arena and we only won two games at home. We were only one of three teams not even to win a single game in our division. The decisions that he made, even when we do our grading process, yeah. affected different gra- – like the tight end's a joke. I mean, there's there's so many things that he did. That affected other people's overall, you know, gut feel on what people thought they did for the year. Yeah, he gets a triple F. Triple F. <laughs> I don't know if it's on Russ's grading scale. I hope it fits in somewhere in the formula, but it's just your point that he left the offense alone is a very poignant point because it happens. But when you have to do fifty percent of two things and then you walk away from one, and you could do one hundred percent of one thing. He didn't even do that, and he had less responsibility and time. He didn't have to watch Bevel as much. He can just say, "Go." I have to try to do something else. Okay. I, I mean, it went, take away all the things we talked about, okay? What everyone talked about before he came here was the strong suit and his abilities. How do you go from this is what I know what to do, and this is what I tried to do, and it failed that bad? That, it's just it's a big stain on the year. Like I'll remember twenty nineteen. For this exact reason, because of what Patricia couldn't do, so it, it's an F. It might be an emotional F, but that I can't. I can't go higher. I, I don't. I can't find anything that helps that grade.
0: Okay. So C minus, D plus, F. My very very bad math skills would f- say that we're giving Patricia a net D. It
3: is exactly <laughs> a D.
0: A net D. So okay. It's funny. Oh God, Jay. Um, so Russ, do you need a minute? Do you have some, some no, final I'm, numbers I'm ready. First? All right. I am ready. A, a little drum roll here. Russ, what was the overall grading for our offense?
2: Long fart noise. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, it averaged out to a C, Eric, a C minus, uh, Justin, also a C minus. So it's a collective 1.9, um, which is falls just between a C and a C minus for okay. the offense as a whole.
0: All right. All right. Over right. to the other side, over to the D side. What did uh, what did uh, everybody come up with?
2: The D does stand for defense.
0: That's mm-hmm. what it came up with. Eric and
2: Justin both D's. Uh, myself, just slightly above with the D plus. Overall, the average of one point one is a D.
1: D. Oh boy!
0: All right. Now I have to ask because I didn't ask for us to do this. Did you actually collectively put together our grades for the coaching staff? Oh, absolutely! Had a boy. Uh, what was our overall collective grading
2: for the coaching? Hmm. Um. I had. Did I do this right?
0: I'm more curious. Did uh, I, I did. do it right? Because yeah, I actually I did. tried to do yeah. the math last night, and I want to see if I graded this outright <laughs> yep. or not.
2: Yep. So I had a C minus. Um. I bumped. I bumped mine up slightly because I thought the special teams did good, despite you know getting fired somehow. Anyways, uh, C minus. Uh, Eric was also a C minus. Uh, Justin was an unsurprising D. D's <laughs> all around for Justin except yeah. for on the field.
0: We know how he feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our well,
2: aggregate was a D plus for coaching um, altogether there. A D for defense and a C, C minus for offense.
0: Okay, well, that's actually, I, so, I literally have D plus, C minus. So, okay, I like yeah, it. Yep, yeah. I like it. And
2: averaging everything, including the special teams grades for a whole. This is inexplicable. My average was two point one. Eric's average is two point one. Justin's average is 2.0.
3: <laughs> oh God!
2: Yes. As as an average, the <laughs> Detroit Lions this season, twenty nineteen, they get a C from us. A solid C. C's get degrees. I hear. Uh, they uh, also get the third overall
0: pick. Yeah, that's very true. They also get the third overall pick. All right. Well, those are our grades. They'll, they'll be. Uh, we'll, we'll post them. In some way, there's a lot of grades there, but we'll we'll make sure we get them out to you. Listen to the show too, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, moving on, guys, because Jay, you pointed it out. What was I going to cut if we got short on time? We're not short on time yet, quite, but we're getting there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little curveball here. Next topic was the uh, NFL playoffs, so I want to, as a way of doing it, Jay, give me a game you're uh, you're looking forward to watching of the four, and then uh, give me the uh, who you think the final four teams are going to be.
1: Oh, God. Um, thanks for oh, the curveball. Oh God. Um, you're welcome. I, I can go first
0: if you want. I have no problem going first. I'm just I'm trying to make sure we get to hear from Justin Marcus.
1: No, you're fine. Seahawks, the knuckle Seahawks, Seahawks curve. Packers. <laughs> Seahawks, Packers. Uh, okay. That's going to be an interesting game I want to watch for sure. Um, I'm, like, in a trance with DK Metcalf and what Seattle's doing. Um, I want to see if Green Bay actually even has what it takes to continue down the playoffs. I don't have any faith in them. Um, so that's what I'm definitely going to be watching. Final four teams, I'll go Niners, Titans, Chiefs, Seahawks.
0: Okay, alright. Uh, Niners, so Titans, you think Baltimore is going to see the end? Okay. Alright, I, like wow. I like it. I like it, I like it. Alright, um, I'm going to go with Jay on the game. I do like the Seattle-Green Bay game. Uh, I, cause, partly because I think I know where Russ would go for his game because he's got a a little bit of a a thing for one of these quarterbacks. And I think he's going to want to talk about them. So, uh, and I I just think of all of them. I I, I don't find that Minnesota, San Francisco game that interesting to me. I really don't one, because I don't think Minnesota should be playing in that game, but two, I feel like San Francisco got off to a really hot start and then they just kind of, they kind of flattened off. They, they still won games, but they didn't really look like they still wanted it as much. Uh, And that that Baltimore game, I think to me, I think is going to be very one-sided. I really think that's going to be a one-sided game. So, my finals are going to be San Francisco, Baltimore, Houston, and Seattle. I think those are going to be the final four teams we're going to see in the uh, in the NFL playoffs. So, Russ, over to you. What's your uh, what's the game you want to see from these four? And uh, give me your final four.
3: Good news, we
2: all have slightly different final fours. That's what so at least right. we're not repetitive there. Uh, right. But you're dead on. Baltimore, Tennessee is my game. I love Lamar Jackson. I love the perpetual middle finger to conventional roster construction that is the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh. They, yeah. but, uh, you think he's a wide receiver? You know, Not only are we going to keep him as a quarterback, but we're going to change everything we do. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to change the way things are called. We're going to change the way people think. And that's how you take advantage of a very outdated system and just run roughshod through the league, which they've done. So keep doing it right off into the sunset, literally just – Middle fingers blazing in the air. <laughs> I, I love it. Nine and a half points might not be enough of a spread. Yeah, um, So I got Baltimore, I got Casey, I got San Fran, and I got Seattle. Um, uh, mainly because it takes the rest of the NFC North teams out of the playoff. And that's really that's the ideal situation for me. Because yeah. uh, if we're going to be miserable, they have to be miserable too.
0: Absolutely. Um, Russ said I had it right on, and I'm going to take the credit for it. But I didn't have it right on at all.
2: That's not who you thought. I thought you were
0: going to talk about Houston. I know how much you like Deshaun Watson, so I oh. really, I really thought Houston would have I been do your like game. I like Deshaun. I know you do. But they're but
2: that, so banged up. They're they limping are. through this. I feel
3: bad for Houston.
0: Well, fully par- healthy,
3: it'd be. Completely different.
0: Part of your play of the week led me to it. And, too, I also know when you and I, when we talk football, Deshaun Watson's someone you get in the conversation pretty often because he's a very good player. But, I mean, you can't go wrong watching Lamar. You really can't go watching wrong watching him. I just, I, just, If you had told me I had to bet on these four, what one Russ would have tuned into, I would have bet money it would have been the Houston-Kansas uh, City game. But I'll take credit for being right, even though I wasn't. Believe me, I'll take, I will can use all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> we'll count it, I guess. We'll count it, yes. Yeah, half a point, half a point. Half a point. Um, All right. Uh, Before we get to play of the the week and game of the week, there's one thing I want to talk about. It it was going to be a little more expanded, but I I, I feel like I can narrow it down to this one, and it'll perfectly show how this went. Uh, We talked about a little bit before the break. Uh, The NFL, it's their 100th year, they decided to put out their 100 best players of all time. And for the most part, the names you would expect to be on there are on there. They missed some, and that's okay. But... In my opinion, of everything they missed. There's no Calvin. There, you know, there's no Antonio Gates. Michael Strahan didn't make this list. Like there there's there's guys that should have been on there that weren't on there. Um <clears throat> but I, I wanna ask you guys, and Russ, I, I'm aiming this towards you because you you know you're our stat man, so you might be able to rationalize their thinking. Um Spoiler. Nope. No, no. There were some very great quarterbacks on this list. Very great. Some of the guys I grew up watching and idolized. Uh, But Drew Brees didn't make this list. Drew Brees has every passing record there is to have in this league. He is arguably the most accurate quarterback to ever play this game. He has the Super Bowl ring that would fit the criteria. Yet somehow, he gets passed over. And Dan Marino, who's a great quarterback as well, but never won that ring, that ring that everybody else has that's kind of the criteria, Dan Marino held all those records until Brett Favre took them, and then Peyton Manning took them, and then now Drew Brees took them. And in a couple years, we'll no, we'll never see anyone break Drew Brees' records, but I, I'm just curious, how does a guy who, if you're talking about 100 greatest to ever do it, how does the guy who has all the numbers, and statistically, statistically, not actually what we saw, statistically, is the greatest quarterback to ever do it. How does he not make this list?
2: I got nothing for you there.
0: <laughs> that doesn't
2: make any sense to me why, how Drew Brees is on. You could take some pretty big names off there. Hell, personally, you could take Brett Favre off there and put Drew Brees on there over him. Yeah. I'm okay with it.
0: Listen, hey. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Johnny Unitas, Otto Grant. I, and I get you have to have the guys, the originals, to do it. Otto Graham, Sammy Baugh, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, uh, who am I missing? Roger Staubach. I just, listen, they, they were all great. They were, and they were all great for their time. And I, I would argue Dan Marino's the guy you can lose. Brett Favre won a Super Bowl. Oh. Brett Favre is, oh, the, is the longevity of football. But, listen, if Dan Marino's only hold is that he had all those records, well, four guys ago he had those records. So uh-huh. he's a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But the guy that broke all those records and did all those things is now there. He needs to be represented.
2: Right. No, I wasn't saying, hey, Brett Favre's last on my oh, list. No, no, I list." dump yeah. him. I, I, was, I was saying I'd go as high as Brett Favre to put Drew Brees on there. He's, oh, yeah. he's ahead of several guys on this list. Yeah. And, it, and it bothered me looking through this that they basically were determined to only include players whose story had already been written.
3: and
2: and nobody else. It it couldn't be anything that, hey, oh, you know, maybe he gets a lot better in the next few years. Maybe he tapers off. We don't know. Like, no, Drew Brees is stupid good. He's going to be stupid good. He's going to be good as long as he wants to Knock it
0: off. Yeah, so it it was a little perplexing to me. And, Jay, I got to think you probably don't have any – uh thing to argue on that you're like th- this guy did everything y- you need him to do to be where he is and be one of the greatest ever the guy didn't like there were teams that didn't even want him he was released and no team wanted to touch him in new orleans goes we'll take you and you look at the career he had he was too short to play if anything drew Brees ushered in the era of russell wilson baker mayfield all these guys that if it wasn't for drew Brees, never would have been in the league because none of them were six four
1: yeah, you no, know, it's 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 bullshit that because he didn't take the jersey off for the last time, that's why he's not a part of this. It's, and there's probably a whole handful of people that deserve to be on there, but because they they're not done, they're not a part of it. Like, way to take out like part of your fan base. Like, find a 18, 15, 14 year old kid who knows like next to none of these names. He's not spending time reading this. No, he only knows the people he sees on TV. So that's just that's just that's just dumb. I mean, they must have been drunk high or just. Really
0: dumb. Well, there were only three. Yeah. There are only three modern era players on this list. Uh, yep. Larry Fitzgerald yeah, three currently playing. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald, Tom Brady, and I'm blanking on who the third one is. Vinatieri. Oh, Vinatieri. Yeah, Vinatieri. And then I guess you could. But after that, Emmett Smith and Marvin Harrison are the two most recent guys to have played uh-huh. on. The, oh, and Gronk. But that, I, that's what I'm saying. They really decided to go. Wait, none of you start. If you didn't start playing in the '90s, we don't want to use you. And that uh-huh. that's not fair because people that are watching this now that like were born in two thousand, this is gonna really age us, are twenty fucking years old. They are the ones watching <laughs> the NFL right now. So what,
2: what kills me is there was not a single defensive lineman that has played since two thousand three on this list. Yeah. Seventeen years without one of the best defensive linemen in a hundred year history. That's like twenty percent of the time.
0: Yeah. That's that's,
1: that's ridiculous is, that's a, it's twitter outrage was hilarious <laughs> oh it was, great, episode, to watch, it was great to watch it was
0: great to joke it was just tough for me like listen most people if you listen to the show most people would think oh eric's not gonna have a problem with this list tom brady's on it i knew tom brady was gonna be on it the second they announced it like the guy's got six rings he there was no question if he wasn't on this list then you really know someone did something wrong but i knew it but i, I still have other guy people like russ is probably sick of me saying this because every time we talk about him i say it Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in person. We watched him play, and this guy did everything he wanted to do on the field, no problem. So how he's not on this list, I have no idea, and that's that's part of it. I wanted to like this list. As a football player, I enjoy the game, and I knew who almost every one of these people were. The problem is, half of them played before they even invented helmets. So it, you're, you're taking out a very large amount of your demographic here. You're really, you're, and I get those are the guys that built the game, and that's great, but you had a lineman on there, a center, who weighs as much as Justin does. Like he would, he would have gotten killed in today's game. No offense, Jay, but would have gotten killed in today's game. So it's none a little, taken. it's a little untaken. It's a little, it's a little one, like uh, one-sided, and it's just a little. It, it really takes a lot out of it. So um, but why <clears throat> New Year? But one thing's not going to change. We do have one more topic we want to touch on and this is the one we do every week without fail uh cuz we really enjoy it uh we got our game of the week and our play of the week uh new year guys new plays they got to be got to be better than ever guys this is a new decade so it's time to uh lift lift it up another level so jay i'm going to let you go first here uh give me the uh, play of the week give me the game of the week
1: play of the week um, just because when you get drafted for a very particular ability and then you show it off in a big moment, DK Metcalf grabbing a ball, doing a somersault untouched, mm-hmm. doing going straight into a stiff arm and then still scoring for Seattle. That's, that's just a wet dream as a rookie. And even though he looks like a seasoned vet, just in his stature and his, uh, you know, the way that he's built DK Metcalf doing that in a big moment that, that that's why they drafted you young man. So good on him. And he is my play of the
0: All right, Jay's play of the week, DK Metcalf. Looked uh, or sounded a little something like this.
1: Rocket in motion.
3: Wilson.
0: Deep downfield, getting free and open and making
3: the grab. This Metcalf in for the touchdown. Goes down, gets
1: up, and takes it into the
0: end zone. That's a great play, Jay, but I have to ask you, I have to ask you, was he touched? I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of debate on it. Was he touched?
1: No, I checked the box score. They counted it. Well, oh,
0: no. okay. All right.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> that's fine. That that that's a fair that's a fair response. I, I don't know. It, it was close. It was close. I'm not going to say anything. I, I I think it was a touchdown. I do, but I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, you the you can see the defensive back clearly touched him before his knee was up." It's like okay, that's fine. Let's not forget the fact that Kyle Rudolph stiff-armed a person half his size for a touchdown. But that that let, let's 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 relax. But no, that's fine. It's a great play. Uh over to you, Jay, for your game of the week now. And we're just so everybody knows we're expanding it. The NFL's slowing down, so now you can p- almost pick from anything, Jay. Almost. We had I, I, we had I, this talk last night. Almost pick from I'll anything.
1: I'll, I'll put that in my back pocket. Um, <laughs> so for game of the week, <laughs> I am actually going to tonight. Okay. Game will be on tonight. So the week's a very short week. It's one evening. Um, I'm going Tampa Bay versus the Coyotes over in the NHL you got two teams that are buzzing. Um, both teams are on winning streaks right now, which one will come to an end.
3: Mm-hmm. But it's
1: been primarily built on goaltending. Um, though I love watching like a 7-4 drumming, um, I also love me some one nothing games in hockey. Um, so I'll, I'm hoping, I mean, it's going to be a blowout if Tampa Bay keeps doing what they're doing to their opponents. But I'm going Tampa Bay-Yotes. I, I think it's going to be a great game to watch on TV tonight.
0: Yeah, that's, that's not a bad one. It's definitely not a bad one. Uh, Russ, I'm going to circle over to you now. Uh, let's let's hear that play of the week and that game of the week.
2: So my, my play of the week, kind of alluded to earlier, was the Deshaun Watson overtime scramble uh, where he ends up somehow, I don't know, escaping two defenders who have hands on him um, before checking down for a, a quick pass that ends up going for a first down, sets up the game-winning field goal. This was basically the Eli... Uh, David Tyree helmet oh, catch, yeah. but one extra defender and less ridiculous of a catch. That's how crazy this sequence was. I- I'm sitting there trying to eat my dinner watching this. Completely forgot what I was eating
3: the whole time. <laughs> um,
2: it-, it was it was electric. He willed them to a win. And uh, anything, anytime you do something like that, I'm going to take notice. I'm going to call my
0: play of the week. All right. That's Russ's play of the week. Sounded a little something like this. Watson, pressure off the edge. Watson survives it and then
1: checks down to Jones. Jones inside the 40, inside the 30, inside the 20. To the 10-yard line, Taiwan Jones.
0: Russ, I'm not going to lie, I like that comparison to the the Eli Manning, David Tyree. There's definitely a lot of escape in that one. Um, Mm -hmm. Now over to the uh, game of the week, and if you steal mine, we had so many oh, to pick from. If you steal mine. I do.
2: <laughs> and the ugly part is I've got two.
0: Oh, okay, good. And, Cause I only have and one one
2: super obvious. <laughs> okay. So so he lets me go first. Even better. Oh, now there's a bit of gamesmanship here. I don't know which one I can choose. Um, well, sorry. I'm going to go with the obvious one. Uh, it's the college football championship. Oh, okay, good. Like it, like it's, it's up Monday. Um, even the playoff games for the NFL this, this weekend, are they're not a appetizer for it. We've got five Heisman Trophy winners facing off in the Baltimore-Tennessee game. That is your preamble to the sweet, sweet dinner that is going to be this college football championship. Um, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be the last college football for quite a while, so get ready for the withdrawal, boys. It's coming. All
0: right. oh, that's so good he didn't steal it. Oh, I was so worried. That's a great game. I mean, I honestly, if only for the fact that we finally opened it up to all the all the sports, I tried to avoid yep. football just for that reason. That's a great game. But all right. Uh, so my play of the week. Um, I don't go hockey very often. I leave that for you two. But uh, this play just it stood out to me. I think for obvious reasons. And you know, I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's time. It's time for Eric to enter the hockey uh, arena for this one. Uh, Connor McDavid. Feels good. Conor McDavid takes on the entire Toronto Maple Leafs team and uh, scores on a just miraculous goal. Uh, I, I, I could explain it to you, or I could just let the call do the justice for you. So uh, this was my play, Conor McDavid, on a big goal against Toronto. Perfect. Pass. intercepted, and McDavid. Against Morgan Rielly. McDavid. What a move! What a
1: play! What a goal!
3: three for Edmonton.
0: All right, now on to the game of the week that Russ didn't steal, that I was literally holding my breath the entire time he was picking his. Uh, if I knew
2: that, I would have talked for longer.
0: Yeah. All right, just, all right just, just out of curiosity, what was the second one? I want to see if maybe the second one was my game of the week.
2: Baltimore,
3: Tennessee.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't touch football, so that's good. Okay. Uh, mine is actually tonight as well. Uh, Jay, I, I'm going to compete with you, but we're going to go in totally different sports. Uh, I'm going with... Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, for one reason and one reason alone. It is Russell Westbrook's first game back in Oklahoma City since leaving for Houston. And I am going to turn that game on right at 9.29, since the game starts at 9.30, and listen as the entire Thunder's crowd boos the living hell out of him. (laughs) Because it's just going to be that enjoyable. And then I'm going to watch a good basketball game. Listen. Like him or not, Houston has two of the best players in the league on that team playing together. Uh, on the other side, you've got Jason Momoa's brother <laughs> at center who is just dominating, and you've got Chris Paul. It's 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 going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I think it's going to be a great game, but mine mainly for the fact that I'm going to really enjoy watching Russell Westbrook just get booed out of the stadium. Anytime he touches the ball, it's going to be a boo. So uh, it should be fun. It should be interesting. Um
1: does Jason Momoa's brother actually play for them? No. Uh, they have oh, a center
0: no. named, like, Steven Adams no, yeah. or something like that. But he looks I just like that. Jason Momoa. Like he, like, I mean,
1: I know who Jason Momoa is. I couldn't tell yeah, you. No, was that.
0: A, that was a joke. He, he, he's, oh. He, he, Yeah, oh, God, Jay. Yeah,
1: you t- can edit that out, right? That can just disappear. No, that's 100% staying in there. <laughs> he sure
0: can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, Jay.
1: Off the rails. Yeah. I friend. just
2: love the, the childlike wonderment, too, of, like, is his brother really in the NBA?
0: Oh my god! Uh, what is uh, what is, is wrong with you, Jay? <laughs> we were so
1: close. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Man, I just derailed it, didn't I? I just, do, want, do I need to close this out? No,
0: I'll close it out. I just wasn't ready for that at all. Like, wasn't <laughs> we're really buzzing. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Just look at your phone. If it ever sounds
1: is it Jason Momoa shirtless?
0: No. What's wrong with you?
1: I mean, he's oh, an attractive guy... man. Objectively, he, he, he can fuck me
0: up. <laughs> That's all I got. He I'm, can I'm really not fuck, sure fuck me if up. I'm
2: sexual or not? All right. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs>
0: um, all right. How much time do you guys have?
1: Uh um, I think I'm good. for like, A little bit. Yeah,
0: I got like ten, fifteen 15 minutes. Okay, all right. I got about another 10 minutes. So I, I'll just take it from Jay asking that question because I want to keep that in there. That was good. Um, all right, so... <laughs> no, Jay, he doesn't actually play for the team. Um, it would be funny, but no, he doesn't. Uh, this is this is rare. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to actually do it. Uh, whoever raises their hand first... Yeah, see, it doesn't work. What? But Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hand the mic over. I'm going to... Get rid of the hosting duties for a moment, and we don't talk about them very much, partly because between the Lions and college football, it eats up a lot of our time, but now that everything's slowing down, we're going to have time to talk about them. So you got your teams, you got the Detroit Pistons, you got the Detroit Red Wings. Jay, this, this time around, I'll let it be you. Who do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Give me give me something when it comes to our Red Wings or our Pistons that's either killing you or that you, you, know, you find it interesting.
1: Uh, Red Wings, obviously, because what's a basketball? Yeah, that's um, true. A couple of things I'm focusing on this team uh, as, you know, we just dwindle away and you <laughs> know, disappear and make the season go away. Yeah. Uh, number one, the 2020 draft class is something that I'm going to start get, uh, diving into. Russ probably has already begun. But uh, that that needs to be something that we talk about going forward, um, especially how Eisman might continue to make more moves, which leads me to my next point of the trade deadline. Um, th- those are the only two really things that we start looking at the building blocks of what Iserman wants to do through the draft, through trading. Um, don't expect a whole lot through free agency. Um, but, it you know, what can we do to improve some of the players on our teams to actually make them trade bait? Because that is the big calendar that has the big red date on it for Iserman, and I really don't know how he's going to handle it when it comes up.
0: Okay.
1: So, I mean, I, Russ can I, I, probably lend a lot of shit for it. Well, but- no, I,
0: I'm sure you can. I got a question, though. Then I, I think this this could spark a little bit of a conversation. And, Jay, I'll let you respond first because you kind of sparked the idea in my head. This is the journalist in me wanting to know. I, I guess what part of the team or what pieces of the team, players, you know, whatever, have to go or change first for this team to start heading in that direction? Who has to go in order to make room for, you know, what we need to get better.
1: I would build from the net out and Howard needs to go. Bernier might be a salvageable cheap backup, Um, but we could also probably go with youth and still stay cheap as a backup. So I would literally just build from the net out. I think we have enough prospects lined up uh, on the offensive side of our game. Um, Defense is not a strong stoop by any means, but, we need to have like the Jason Quick in net for us while the LA Kings don't know who the hell they are. Like he still played phenomenal for them for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. start in the net and then work your way to center ice. Okay,
2: Rots. Who in the hell is Jason Quick?
0: <laughs>
1: did, you know I, nothing, did I get. I was saying, oh, my. My
0: sweet I didn't want I didn't want to <laughs> jump on that one cuz I didn't know if that one was right or not. But no. yeah, he said Jason Quick, and I'm like, who the fuck's Jason Quick? I got he's Jason, like, Jason, Mom- Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah, he's got Jason yeah, Momoa on his
1: brain. <laughs> Jason Momoa and Jonathan Quick had a love child, and he played for the
0: LA Kings. <laughs> okay, very nice. The Kings could use. Sorry, them. and he's Stephen Adams' cousin, apparently. Good God! Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. So anyway, <laughs> God, come on, Jay. <laughs> all right, I'm back. I'm back. All right, no. Uh, all right, no. But Russ, really, if you, if you had to, God, come on. <laughs> I, know, like the wrong first name. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I, I, I can salvage this. Here we go. <laughs> All right. No, but honestly, Russ, if you had to, you know, if you had to start looking at the pieces that need to go or need to change, mm-hmm. or like Jay said, need to be dressed up to become, you know, trade bait, who, 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 or what way are you going to make that possible?
2: Well, to, to jump on Jay's point. Yeah, there's, it's kind of thin in that even in the, in the prospect, Um, Philip Larson has struggled uh, moving on from college, and he was kind of the big piece that we were hoping would be able to come up in a couple years. Um, is still there, but he's at least a few years apart. Um, Georgiev in New York might be a target. They just pulled up uh, Shestyorkin from the KHL, and and he's everywhere he's gone. He's done well. He won his first start. Um, So with Lundqvist and Shestyorkin there, you might have Georgiev available. Um, Him and Bernier next year? would definitely be better than what they have um, and would give you an option for the future. So I, I do like trying to address that in, in some way, um, especially if you can get a young guy that maybe he's on a discount because the team has to move him. Uh, he can't be sent down without going through waivers, as it were. So a trade probably likely at some point there. Um, beyond that, get rid of these defensemen, uh, which is great news because Mike Green, Jonathan Harrison, Trevor Daly, uh, their contracts are up in a scant few months here together that's just over 12 million dollars of cap space that gets freed up they're going to need it because almost every one of the forwards is an rfa Mm -hmm. Um, there's five forward rfas and then bowie on the defensive end Um, plus may then happen to see you who are hurt right now so you're looking at eight guys that you're going to have to give a, a raise to guys that are supposed to be part of your core moving forward you're going to need the space. so Get rid of those defensemen. And even after that, you need a second center. I don't know where they're going to get it right now. Um, maybe Rasmussen, if he gets healthy, can become that. i very doubtful. He seems more like a three-center who just uses big body and is mostly productive on the power play. Um, hopefully, if we're looking at the draft, if you don't get one, maybe you get two, you get Quinton Biefeld, and that's your, that's your two-center, maybe your one-center eventually because um, it, it's empty. It's We have Larkin, who's for sure a center on this piece. You can't tell me after that who's going to be an actual center on this team in a couple years. Hopefully it's Villano, hopefully it's Rasmussen, um, but neither of them are projecting as e- even something that could become a number one center, and that's scary, because if you're going to be a contender, you have to have at least one, likely two. Like Look at Pittsburgh and what they've been able to do. Uh, look at why Colorado has been failing. Even though they have Nathan McKinnon in one of the best lines, they have no second line to support them. And right now the Wings have a bunch of third liners playing up on the second line. Um, save for Zadina who's who's looked great. Um, I kind of went through a whole lot there. Um, but my, my thing, and I guess to throw out to you guys, is we got March 1st trade deadline coming up for the Wings. Um, also February 9th, trade deadline for the Pistons. Look out. Um, <laughs> who, who's getting moved? Who can actually improve their stock enough to give us something? Does, does anyone think AA is going to be able to improve on his five goals to be able to salvage
1: some of his trade value?
0: No. I'll mean, i mean, no. I'll, I'll be straightforward no. with you, no. we um, got Ross- like
1: a negative 36 plus minus on top of it. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, plus minus.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, I, I would <laughs> say no. Uh, Russ kind of covered everything and I'm not going to even lie and say everything I was going to say because I wasn't going to say two thirds of that Uh, the first half where he was just giving names of prospects I'm pretty sure half of that wasn't in English but uh, that's fine I I tried to follow it as best I could my Google search has never had to work so fast in its life Um, but no uh, if anything I think it's the biggest headline probably in Detroit right now for trade uh, and I think it has to be you know, you mentioned Pistons too is Drummond. I I do not. I, I, he says he wants to be here. I honestly do not believe Andre Drummond is in a Pistons Jersey after the trade deadline for the fact that we still have a little bit of time, but not a lot of time. But if you look at them, Blake is the one that we're going to have to build around. We learned that it's not going to be Andre Drummond. So we need to get as much money off the books as we can while we can to a be able to ensure that we have the money to keep Blake around after his next deal, but two still have money to spend on bringing in some talent to go around him. Uh, it, it, you know, it leads into what I was want to talk about because Russ. I know you and I texted about it the other night, and that's the fact that I, I really do. When they drafted him, I had no idea who he was. I watched some footage on him. Now I'm kind of a fan of him. Uh, Seku Dumbuya. I, I like watching the guy play. He's he's raw. Your words, Russ. He's raw very you know like we we don't necessarily know what we have there but we know we've got something that the foundation is good and we can build off of that and he can start developing parts to his game i mean i again this is a flash in a pan thing but i watched him play against lebron for about 5 minutes the other night now he didn't sit there and drop 25 on lebron and that but he played with lebron he stayed in front of him he would manage to move the ball on him and if you can do that against the best player on the planet or one of the best players on the planet that's a, that's a good early sign. That's a pretty good early sign that he, the moment wasn't too big for him. But uh, on the Pistons side, yeah, I, I do think that Andre Drummond will not be in a Pistons jersey after uh, the trade deadline, and I think that's a good thing. We, we spent a lot of time thinking this guy was going to be something, and he's he's a double-double machine. The problem is 10 points and 10 rebounds isn't hard when you have your 10 rebounds in the first five minutes of the game because you're you're, you're really good at that. He's not, a, he's not a legitimate one or two for scoring. We don't go to him for scoring. A lot of his points are off putbacks. So we need to find a guy that's going to be able to play with Blake as a legitimate second scorer. Someone that, hey, Blake's jammed up. We need to be able to get the ball to this guy so he can put the ball in the hoop. We've always had that in Detroit. Bad boys, Isaiah Thomas was the number one guy for us. Joe Dumars was right there. You go over. Rip Hamilton was the number one guy. Guess what? Chauncey could put it in the hoop. So we need that. We don't have that right now where you can argue we do, but we really don't. I like Luke Kennard. I still think Luke Kennard going to probably get relegated to being a corner shooter slash maybe getting a couple points here or there off of rebounds and you know setting up the pick. Other than that, we don't really have it, and I think we need to go out and do it. We're not going to be able to do it in that trade because I don't think Atlanta is going to give us anything in return. For an expiring contract, that's going to be worth it, but it's going to clear up a lot of space to be able to try to do it. As for the Red Wings, I, I said it before the show. I I, if, I like their jerseys. That's that's all I can. I say. can
1: I, like I can I can fill in on the Red Wing end. Okay. And it's not going to be a popular opinion, but it's the same dude we're shipping off to the All Star Game. I love Bertuzzi. I love the way he plays. I am I, I when I see a guy who plays with grit and passion, and he just looks like grit begin with i love it but he's probably before, not a
0: cup, before yeah. you finish that sentence just know i have the ability to hang up on you and cut you out of the show entirely <laughs> i made you, it clear don't. i've made it clear that this is my guy so let, let's 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 watch what we say and let's work through it
1: right but put yourself as an executive of another team okay you probably are going to say that and you're like wow i should get that guy that's the thing he's going to have immediate value right now and I don't see him being on the roster when we left the Stanley Cup and that's the bar for us to reach so I would trade him while you can the, the NHL is moving away from fighting and from grit to begin with so just we'll be fast young and skinny we don't need to have long hair and yeah, uh, I I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of it You
0: said put me in the put me in the place of the GM that's fine put me in the place of a GM on another team of course I want him put me in the place of the GM for this team of course I want him because I've said it before while I'm not saying that we're going to be able to exactly replicate, if you look at the, the teams that won cups in our lifetime, they've all had that gritty guy, yes, but they've had that motor, that guy that's not going to quit on the play regardless of if he's the only one back there with four other people on the other team. He's not going to give up. He's the engine. He's the, he's the energizer pretty much. He gets everybody else up and going. We've had that on the uh, Iserman Cup teams. We had that when Lindstrom was the captain. We need it now. We need that motor guy. Is he is he legitimately going to be like the number one scorer on the team? No, but he's gonna he's gonna be that driving force. And I do believe if we stick with him, keep him, and he keeps doing what he's doing, Bertuzzi will be here when we lift the cup. I really do believe that. So if, if you want to trade him, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of value for him. But you're, I feel like the value you're getting back, it it, it it it's not gonna fill the hole you just got. You know, you just created by trading him away. He doesn't necessarily have a, uh, a box score kind of effect, but he has effects on the ice, and I've said it a bunch of times before, that we notice because we watch the game, but most people don't, but we know it's something that's it's helping. It's, it's taking that off Larkin to not have to worry about getting killed because Bertuzzi's there to at least follow him and help him out. He's going to do the scrappy stuff that no one else is going to do. That's just my opinion on it. Hmm. So to kind what of
3: defend
2: that be- uh, using some examples, um, St. Louis and Carolina have thrived on a hard four-check, having, having puck retriever type of guys. Yeah, uh, Tyler Vertuzzi fits that role very, very well. So mm-hmm. even though, yeah, we're moving away from the classical goon type of guy, Bert was never really that. He, he's a sandpaper guy who is learning the score, and the chemistry that he has with Larkin, um, I can't guarantee that that happens anywhere else. Um, sure, sure. Because of his age and how long it's going to be before this team realistically is good, um, if someone blows your doors off, yeah, trade him. I just don't think anyone does. You
0: know, he's a grinder. He, In my opinion, he is. that. He is a grinder. He, he's going to do all those little... I like the sandpaper analogy. He's that kind of guy. He's not going to be flashy. You're not going to see, you know, like a 50-goal season out of him. But you're going to see the little immeasurables that help other guys Get to those those heights. Get to those scoring, the ability to score. That guy that is going to grind for every puck, he's going to come off the bench. When, when he goes onto the bench, he's going to be gassed as hell. But the second he gets back on that ice, he's going to go full speed again until he sits mm-hmm. down again. And that's what we need. It, it is a very key part. And it, it's, it's a reason that all these cup teams we've had in our life have had that in some capacity. Obviously, Mac was there for the first three. I, I don't know who you could say it was for the... The what was it, the '08 Cup team, but I guarantee you we had someone on that team. So it's just it's uh, what it is.
1: So one one quick spin on this because it's it's reached a conversation. If you can take Bertuzzi and you're flipping it in some kind of a package where we're getting our starting goalie for next year, like Russ pointed out, Jajorev out of New York, or even um, I think it's Merzinklis who is in net for Columbus right now. You've got some guys oh, that do yeah. Thank you. We got some guys that aren't normally tending the net, but are getting some time right now. Would you do it then if it gets, if it solidifies the goaltending for next
0: year? It has to solidify a, like of the of the starting six people that are on that ice. It has to solidify one of those spots. We have to get a goalie that's in that goal a majority of the time and is contributing. We have to get a defenseman, maybe not a first line, but a first or second line defenseman or forward however you want it, that is legitimately contributing to the end result we're looking for in, 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 a, in a good way. It, we cannot lose anything is my way of saying it. You can't take the loss for a later gain. We need the immediate gain now if you're going to part with Bertuzzi. You tell me about that, Anthony, see you? I, I maybe take the, the loss now for a gain later, but I see something in Bertuzzi that's going to contribute across the board the whole time he's here. I don't necessarily see that with Anthony, see you. So that would be my okay. opinion of it. But I, I would consider it. You have to consider it. You know, it's the same reason why the Pistons are probably going to take a loss in this trade, but it's going to lead to something down the down the road within by dumping the contract. So that's how I feel. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it, guys. That's going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. Uh, it's great to be back. Big show today. Got a lot of stuff in there. Uh, a couple laugh breaks with Justin not understanding who Jason Momoa relatives fully are, but he, he's getting there. Uh, Jay, we appreciate you being back, buddy. It's uh, it's always a great time with you and uh, excited for another year of this.
1: Hey, I, I promise I'll be better than I was today. I, I watched that Golden Globes of a there and a white beater, and for whatever reason, he's in my uh, my subconscious. So I apologize. I will be better next
0: time. Ah, you're, you're always good. And Statman Russ, we put you to the test today, threw a lot of stuff at you, and you know what? You got a passing grade out of it.
2: Hey, hey. C's get degrees.
0: <laughs> there you go. C's get degrees. But always appreciate you, buddy. You make us sound a lot smarter than we really are.
2: Oh, thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to do this. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go now watch replays of Zadina filling the net against Montreal.
0: Oh, You watch away, my friend. Happy. You watch away, my friend. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. That's one small step for us when Giantly back in Detroit sports broadcasting.
3: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no
1: point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.